Growing up, I was always a Windows guy. And by Windows, I mean the computer operating system, not the glass things through which we look at squirrels outside. Although, come to think of it, I'm a fan of those kind of Windows as well. I remember going to college and seeing guys with Mac laptops and thinking they were crazy. But as I speak to you right now, I am using my Mac laptop to record this. I remember going to a Mac store and feeling very self-conscious. Everything was so different. I was worried that I would look like a complete doofus because I didn't know what I was doing. But somehow, I can't remember exactly why, we made the leap. And there was a learning curve for sure, but it was a learning curve that was best tackled at home. Not under the bright lights of the Mac store, but in the quietness of our living room with no one else around, no one to make me feel self-conscious about figuring out where the files were or even how to open and close application windows. It took stepping away from the fear of judgment to help me begin to learn how to use this tool that I now use every day. Now, this is not an advertisement for Apple products, although Tim Cook, if you're listening, and I'm sure he does listen to every podcast that gets posted, we can certainly arrange some kind of promotional program. My point is that many times in life, there are things that initially seem intimidating. I'm sure at your job or in the course of your life, you've had to learn some new skills, learn a new program or system. These past few weeks, many of us have had to adjust to an entirely different way of doing work and school and even church. Learning a new system or program or skill can be scary at first, but then we practice and we learn, and we hone our craft. And suddenly we stop worrying about other people's judgment. We might even learn that this new tool or program or system is actually quite helpful and good. I want to use that analogy to think about prayer. Like a new program or system or tool, prayer, for many people, can be daunting. And I'm not even talking only about praying in front of other people. That's an entirely different level of intimidation. I'm talking about just prayer in general. But like anything else, praying is something we learn to do through practice. Sure, there are books and manuals we can read, but sometimes you just have to get out your tools and start trying things. Prayer is no different. And I have some good news for you. God knows how desperately we need help in the area of prayer. If you don't believe me, consider the entire book of Psalms. What are the Psalms? They are songs and prayers that are, for the most part, directed toward God. At the same time, however, they, like the rest of Scripture, are breathed out by God. So the Psalms are from God, and they are to God. God has given us this entire book filled with help with examples of how we can pray in various situations, when circumstances are joyful and we feel glad, and when circumstances are desperate and we feel sad or isolated or anxious or depressed. The Psalms are God's help for praying in every possible situation we might find ourselves in. And that's not to mention all the other ways that the Bible teaches us to pray. We read the prayers of the prophets and of other important figures in the Bible. Then, of course, there is Jesus, who would often go aside to pray. And on one such occasion, his friends came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. 
And this is what he taught them. You can read this in Luke 11, but I'm going to read Matthew's account. It begins in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Jesus said, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, there's nothing wrong at all with praying those exact words. In fact, you may find it a helpful exercise on occasion to take this prayer and pray it verbatim. But you could also think of this prayer as a pattern or a model. Jesus says, pray then like this. Think of it this way. Jesus is giving us a pattern we can trace. It's a starting point. It's fine to trace the pattern exactly as it is, but it can also prove beneficial to take this pattern and use it to improvise, much the way a jazz musician would take a melody and improvise. If you feel intimidated by prayer, or if you're not sure where to start, even if you feel like an expert, Jesus is showing us a model for how we can talk to our Father. God himself is teaching us how to speak to God. We would be wise to listen. The prayer begins with our Father. Now, we can only call on God as our Father if we have been united to his Son, Jesus, by faith. It's only through a relationship with Christ, the Son of God, that we can have a relationship with the Father. And this title of Father speaks to God's willingness to do all that He has promised to do for us. He is not distant. He is not unconcerned or unwilling to help us. He is our Father. Next, Jesus reminds us that our Father is in heaven. While the title of Father speaks to God's tender love for us, the phrase in heaven reminds us also that He is the Supreme Lord who reigns over all things. The phrase in heaven speaks to God's ability to do all that he has promised to do for us. When you put those two phrases together, our Father in heaven, you have a picture of one who is infinitely willing to help us and infinitely able to help us. Both his love as Father and his power as the one in heaven both are boundless. As we sometimes sing in the hymn, Holy, 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 God is both merciful and mighty. Praise God that He is not only one or the other. He is not only merciful, compassionate, but powerless. And He is not only mighty, strong, but callous. He is both. He is merciful and mighty. He is our Father in heaven. And Jesus encourages us to let our first petition to this Father be this. Hallowed be your name. Hallow is the verb form of the word holy. To be hallowed is to be made or seen as holy, to be set apart. When we pray that God's name would be hallowed, we're asking that God would be regarded and revered and treasured as holy, as utterly unique and set apart. And as we petition God to make his name, his character, 
to be seen as holy, we should be reminded that God has said He will do that through our holiness. He promised through the prophet Ezekiel. This is from Ezekiel chapter 36. I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, and the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord God, when through you I vindicate my holiness before their eyes. I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleannesses, and from all your idols I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart, and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. God intends to hallow his name to show the holiness of His character through the Spirit-filled holiness of His people. So as you pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, it should make us pause and ask, is God's holiness being seen in my life, in the way I live, in the way I talk, in the things I value? We're going to take up the second half of this model prayer in our next episode. For now, I want you to pause and consider how God-centered the first part of this prayer is. It's often far too easy for us to parachute into prayer only when we have some kind of desperate need. And when we do, the temptation is to jump straight into reading God our laundry list of concerns and needs that we want Him to fix. Don't misunderstand. God is not unconcerned by those things. He does not begrudge us. In fact, He commands us to cast our anxieties on Him because He cares for us. And there are certainly times when probably the best thing to do is to cry out to God for help without beating around the bush. There are times of such utter desperation that we may jump past all the preambles and get straight to pleading with God for help and mercy. But I want you to think about the normal course of life when things are somewhat routine, as routine as they can be. Do you ever pray just because you want to worship God and thank Him? Do you ever pray because you're concerned about whether His character is being seen as holy in your life? Do you ever pray because you want to declare your dependence on Him and thank Him for being so mighty and merciful? If you struggle in those areas, I have good news for you again. If you're listening to my voice right now, it's not too late to start practicing. It's not too late to try again. You don't have to fear the judgment of anyone. Just in the quietness of your home, maybe even in the quietness of your own heart or in the quietness of your car or truck, talk to your Father in heaven. Stop worrying about doing everything just right. Stop worrying about saying everything just right and lift your eyes to Him. See His power. See His mercy. See His holiness and praise Him. Thank Him. You might find that it's not so intimidating at all. You might find that it's as refreshing as taking a deep breath of air. You might find that it's as comforting as sitting in the embrace of the one who has all power and authority, who does all that he pleases, and yet who is your Father in heaven. 
thank you for listening to this podcast from Henderson Baptist Church. If you'd like more information about our church, you can visit us on Facebook or check out our website, hendersonbaptist.org.